So thanks everyone for being here. It's lovely to lovely to be with you. Um, at the end of the practice, when we do the gratitude, nine times out of ten, I'm always grateful for um, grateful for my practice. It's really what comes up again and again and again is that gratitude for um, being able to be, just being able to. Um, I don't know, just to have this practice because it's become such a foundation. It is a foundation. It's a it's a really solid foundation. And um, I was uh, I was I gave a talk the other night in in San Francisco, and the title of it was um, I think I can't even remember the title of it, but it was something about the 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 foundation and the Dharma. And really being able to find that solid ground to rest on in this practice, and, and uh, which enables me to walk through the world um, with much more ease than ever before in my life. I'm not going to say it's always easy because uh, sometimes it's not, and not that things are easy but that I can move through them with much more ease. I can relate to life uh, with much more balance, much more equanimity than before. And, and um, what's been coming up for me lately has been this, the importance of kindness, the importance of compassion, the importance of really gentleness. I, I use that word a lot, gentle. Really be gentle with yourself, be gentle with myself, um, be kind to each other, be kind to yourself. It's so important. It's so important and it's so easily forgotten. Uh, it, it's so easily forgotten. Um, it's it's kind of been a theme, especially since the beginning of the pandemic and the beginning of our time in you know lockdown and and then uh, all the because the emotions are so close to the surface and some of them are so uh, charged and jarring that uh, what is it um, I think Sylvia Borstein has a quote life can be s- Life can be so difficult. How can we be anything but kind? And it's true. It's like, especially now, things are so difficult that kindness is called for especially, but it's not always our go-to. It's not always the place we say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, So to uh, pay attention to that and really take the time to cultivate it and bring it uh, bring it forward explicitly when we if we if we say yeah I'm going to be kind and then just kind of put it on the shelf or I'm going to do this and put it over there it doesn't it doesn't happen a lot of the times it has to be front and center it has to be explicit it has to be named um, it has to be called out uh, it has to be recognized when it's there and what gets in its way has to be um, attended to as well. The the beautiful phrase, start where you are, you can't start anywhere else because we can't be anywhere else. So to start where you are is um, includes kindness, include, includes gentleness. Um, I think I, 
you know, um, oftentimes in, in, in Buddhist teaching, the word is often used for this idea is metta, which is usually translated as loving kindness, which I, I'm guessing most of you are familiar with. But there's Tanisra Bhikkhu Tanjef translates it as goodwill, which is a different flavor from loving kindness. And I was, um, I was sitting in a retreat with Gil Fransdahl at uh, the end of last year, and he suggested another translation of metta, which takes a lot of the love, the challenges people have with the word love, and has, um, I think he said, friendliness. So to, which is um, sometimes easier for people to access. And with a lot of these words, a lot of these translations, sometimes they land well, sometimes they're challenging. So you don't have to hold the one word. Um, I was reading the introduction to one of the the, the suttas, the, the translations of the sutta, the Majjhima Nikaya and Bhikkhu Bodhi. It's a collection of the Buddha's discourses. And he wrote that um, in one of the prior translations, the word the the translator picked one translation for each word he's like okay whenever i see this word this is going to be the translation whenever i see that word this is going to be the translation and for any of you who know anything about language the same word can have very nuanced meanings and so if you use one word for everything you're missing a lot you're missing some nuance and like the 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 earlier translator dukkha was always suffering where it's not always suffering sometimes it's dissatisfaction or unease and so suffering is a, a is a word that some people can't relate to um i don't know i don't suffer i got a good life but i've experienced stress i experience um dissatisfaction so to offer a broader range that folks can connect with is incredibly important. Um, so that's what I want to do with this teaching around kindness and, and um, uh, loving kindness or friendliness or uh, uh, goodwill. And when I say those different words, I'm kind of using them interchangeably in this teaching. And so to recognize that, so whatever, whatever makes sense for you, gentleness, softening i talk often about softening and what we're doing um when we're practicing this especially in in the meditation practice is you're softening towards your experience you're softening the aversion you're softening the reaction oftentimes when you sit or when we're walking around we're lost in thinking and we're lost in a critical voice or we're thinking about how things should be or shouldn't be and there's a, a harshness to it, whether we're aware of it or not. There's a, oftentimes this edge. Um, anybody have that critical voice going on? I, I think some of you do. I know you. I, I, so I, I know there's that critical voice. I'm, I got that too. So to recognize that and realize that what you're doing when you're bringing this, this practice of kindness is a softening. You're softening those harsh edges because there's no need to be harsh. The harshness is a defense. It's a defense against whatever is out there. And this practice, the, the invitation is to be intimate. 
And it's difficult to be intimate with experience if you have some walls up or some borders, some aversion. And it's about, um, you know, and I was, I was reading something. I was reading something about in Joseph Goldstein's book, Mindfulness, and he was talking about uh, the kindness and the metta practice. And he says some people have a sense that doing it turns you into a, 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 some kind of person who is um, soft in a perjurative way, like a marshmallow. It's like, oh, whatever, you know, and I'll talk more about that later. But it's not. It's really the ability to be soft and gentle and loving and friendly is really powerful because there's no need to armor there's no need to fight and it's and it's and it's really uh beneficial in this practice because you're putting down aversion and aversion is keeping you from what is it's aversion is a is a different way of saying you don't like what's happening you want something else so it's the reverse of craving. It's like it's you, it, you're averse to this, but you're craving that instead. And craving, that clinging, is is that is the source of our suffering. Is the source of this extra level of discomfort we have in the world. So this is a, a necessary um, practice and a powerful practice because we don't have to be afraid anymore. What stands in the way oftentimes is um, uh, uh, the difficult emotions that sometimes arise. Um, when we sit in, and for those of you who've been practicing for a while, I'm sure you've run up against difficult, difficult emotions. You quiet the mind, the distractions kind of dissipate, and then all of a sudden what's there is this this stuff that you haven't wanted to feel. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who's been doing a lot of work, and he he has been an angry person. He's used rage and anger as his mechanism for dealing with the world, and he has done a lot of work on dealing with the rage and the anger. And now that the rage and the anger have, he's learned how to, okay, there's rage and anger, and he puts them aside, um, that there's this, this, there's this what's underneath that. Um, and so now he's feeling all the stuff that's been pent up in the body. And he's and he's and he's in a lot of um, he's been sobbing a lot and crying a lot. And so what happens is that people get to that point and then they hit that wall and going, I think I'm going to come back over here because um, what we know, the discomfort we know um, the rage, the anger, whatever it is, what we're familiar with is much easier to deal with than that unknown and that that intimacy that this practice is asking us to turn towards. It's really challenging for so many people, which is why people come to this practice, they stay for a while and then they disappear. Because the, the, that inability to stay with the dis discomfort, 
And I've said this, I, I swear, every week for the last two months, but I think what all those folks who are who the first folks who started marching on their state capitals demanding to go get their hair cut and they didn't want to wear masks are doing that because they're uncomfortable with all the stuff that's coming up during this pandemic and the shift in how we live our lives and the big changes that are happening. It's like if we can stuff that all back in the box, then we'll be okay. You know what they, they talk about um, stuffing the genie back in the bottle. It's like, it only works. It only goes one way. You can't unsee it. Although people are really adept at it, stuffing things back. I, I, I think many of us have a lot of experience with stuffing those emotions back. But the, the more you sit, the more they're going to show up. And, and you're going to turn and have those intimate experiences. And that's what this is about, that willingness to be intimate. Um you know, and so, yeah, that's what the invitation is, to develop that intimacy, but do it in a wise and kind way, not a, 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 a harsh and judging way. So the, the, the practice of insight, the practice of mindfulness is necessary. It helps us with that foundation. We begin to see what's coming up. We see the emotions that are arising. That was why during the instructions this evening, it was like, come back. Maybe there's a, when you have the emotion in the mind or the thought, sometimes if you're, you, you let go of wherever you are, let go of the past, perhaps you're remembering an argument you had with someone yesterday or something you read on Facebook that really got you going. And that came up and then it's like, oh, I'm not present and you let go of the thought, but you come back and your, your shoulders are up around your ears or your hands are in fists or your stomach is all in knots. Oftentimes we don't pay attention to that. We're off somewhere else. But this practice of mindfulness has us slow down and say, pay attention to that. Pay attention to that. That is what you need to do is begin to see what's happening, begin to experience those sensations and to soften. This is where you bring in the practice of softening. Oh, look at that. Can I soften towards that? And let go of any criticism, any, um, any judgment. You can't help what shows up. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about the basement and all the emotions are in the basement of the house and you're just sitting up there and you can't help what walks up through that basement door. What you do is you just say, hey, I see you. Welcome. You're here. And you develop a non-reactive relationship to it. Hello, anger. Hello, jealousy. Hello, fear. Hello, joy. This practice of kindness, this loving kindness practice, this friendliness is unconditional. It's about being open to what's here without, without any um, criteria, without saying, oh, it's supposed to be this. It's supposed to be that. It's supposed to be the other. It's like, this is what's here. No, you're not further along in your spiritual practice. It still shows up. And it's like, if you were doing it right, you wouldn't feel this. And it's like, that's not how it works. 
Um, I mentioned uh, I mentioned a little earlier about um, uh, uh, becoming a marshmallow. Some people are uh, averse to doing this practice because there's some type of fear about what it means that it means something other than just friendliness sometimes we we have to decide it's like oh this you're doing this but what it really means that i did that all the time i mind read all the time i used to mind read you said this but i know what you really meant did anybody else do that that all the time Um, and it was always negative you might have said nice things, but I went, yeah, you're just saying that because it was so I was so unable to to be kind to myself, to be friendly to myself. So if anybody else was friendly to me, it was like, there's no way this can be true. So that's what we want to start um, bringing our attention to. This is not true for everyone, but this is true from from what I hear from a lot of people, of a lot of people I've spoken with. A lot of things I've read that this is a challenging practice, this friendliness, this softness, this this um, this kindness to ourselves. But some of the some of the um, misconceptions um, about this and when we have misconceptions about the practice, that's what leads to aversion. That's the like, yeah, I don't think so. And so when we when we say I'll be kind and then there's this. Yeah, but I don't want to become this. I'm afraid if I do this, this is what will happen. And so one of them is that it it does make you uncritical or passive. And it doesn't. It does not make you uh, uncritical. It it's You see things clearly because of the foundation of mindfulness, because you're held in that clear seeing. You know, the four foundations of mindfulness cultivate this seeing clearly what's happening right now. Know what you're feeling. Know what emotions are here. Know the physical sensations. Know whether things are pleasant or unpleasant. Know when hindrances are present or when joy is present. You're seeing clearly. So when you have that foundation of mindfulness that you can hold this, Then you then then you have this solid base, and I just totally lost what I was going to say, <laughs> but that's okay. Anyway, so you have this solid base that mindfulness offers you, that provides this foundation for this work. So you're sitting here and you're aware of what's going on. So. There's this aversion that might show up if you have this 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 idea that um, it's not going to work, but you recognize that aversion and you let it go. And it doesn't turn you into this uncritical passive being that just is like, oh, hello, loving kindness, blah, 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 friendly, blah, blah, blah. No, it's like you see clearly what's happening. I think that's what I was going to say. You see clearly what's happening. And you recognize it, but you don't judge it. You, if if there's, um, let's say there's some some something that you did in your past that you feel really bad about, you hurt somebody um, deeply. I've hurt people in my life. I don't think any one of us in this room has not hurt somebody in our lives. 
I'm sure we've all done it intentionally or unintentionally. And some of them still carry some emotional, um, there's some emotional residue. And so dealing with that's oftentimes what happens is that emotional residue shows up. And that's what we don't want to feel because it's like, but instead we say, yeah, I was not skillful in my behavior. That's true. But that doesn't mean I'm unworthy of gentleness right now. It doesn't mean I'm an unworthy being. Sometimes we think that loving kindness means we have to be deserving, but it's unconditional all beings. So what we do is we see those things that arise. We see the, the, we recognize, but we take accountability. So yeah, I did that. Is there anything I need to do? Anything I need to fix? No, oftentimes it's so far in the past. We've taken care of, we've cleaned our side of the street, but we still carry that, that baggage. And so what we want to do is turn towards ourselves with kindness, with compassion. Recognizing the pain we're feeling. Because part of this practice of kindness, the heart practices, is compassion when it's really difficult. And we're compassionate towards ourselves because we cause ourselves so much discomfort. We have that judging mind. 27 years ago, When you did that thing and we're still hurting from it. So we let go of the story and tend to what's here right now. We all deserve it. Now, there's so many suttas that talk about that. Where we, you know, the one that says, you know, and the the paraphrase of it, the the shorthand that's come out of the Rajan Sutta is, you're not going to find anyone more deserving anyone in the world more deserving of love than you. That means you, all of you there. I see all of you. No one and no one less deserving. So that's why this is unconditional. Yeah, but you're also accountable and other people are accountable. So when you offer loving kindness and friendliness to others, it doesn't mean you take garbage from them. You go, no, you're accountable. And I love the phrase, you invite them into your heart, but not necessarily into your home if they're unskillful and abusive. You're you're wise and discerning. That's what the insight practice supports. That discernment, that clear seeing. Oh, this is not okay. I'm not going to harden my heart. I'm going to keep my heart soft. I don't want to bring that aversion in. I'm going to wish you well, but wish you well over there. So it doesn't make you passive or uncritical, but you have a more discerning mind. It's um, sometimes um, they talk about the near enemy to these practices and the near enemy of, uh, of kindness is desire is getting into you know this 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 clinging and and clinging to outcomes and so really watching that it's just just a a a really soft loose um 
gentleness without needing it to be a certain way because that's when you start running into the expectations. I'll be good to, I'll love you if, again, it's not conditional. That's one of the hardest things. I remember when I first heard that. It was a, it was a, it was a teacher or some monk I can't remember was giving a Dharma talk and he said, loving kindness is unconditional. And I went, damn, that's challenging, especially towards ourselves, sometimes for others, but for ourselves. So it's a long journey. It's a really long journey. And um, you start with a little piece. As I mentioned earlier, you start where you are. You, some pieces are so deeply entrenched that they take years and years and years to dissolve or soften. You know, but it's so worth the journey. When I was talking about that, um, that talk I gave the other night about uh, foundation in the Dharma, it was really about how the Dharma supports this practice of engaging in social action and social justice and um, connecting with rage that might be present. Because there's a lot of rage that comes up when we see a lot of the things that are happening these days and a lot of grief also. There's a lot of mourning that needs to take place right now that some people find it difficult to connect with. Um, and so to recognize these emotions are there and if they're there, to welcome them. Welcome them. Say, okay, rage, you're here. But what we don't do is let them take us over. You say, okay, hello. Holy friendliness. I mean, hi. You're welcome to be here. And sometimes just acknowledging them for maybe the first time helps to dissipate them. Not that that's an expectation. Really, again, being cautious about expectations. But it's the teaching of, you know, uh, I see you, Mara, Mara being the personification of greed and, and hatred and, and delusion, ignorance. So when the Buddha said, Mara, I see the greed, I see the hatred, I see the delusion, Mara just went poof and disappeared or walked off dragging his, you know, dragging his, his stuff behind him with his head hung low because he was vanquished. And so we see these things. We're no longer afraid of them because we've cultivated a friendliness towards them. We've cultivated a willingness to be with the most difficult emotions that are here, that are inside. And as I said, how do we do that? We have to set an intention, make it explicit. And in, in, in right intention, wise intention in the Eightfold Path, goodwill. Greeting the world with this, this flavor of, of kindness and goodwill and friendliness is part of the practice. It's part of the process. It's incredibly important that we greet the world with this friendliness. And so practicing it on the cushion, setting an intention when we practice to be friendly towards our experience is how you start. It really has an impact. If you've done it for any while, you might even see how what you used to judge yourself over, maybe you don't judge yourself so much. So you train the mind. And when you train the mind, you're training the heart. Oh, friendly. 
And again, bringing in the other part of, of the Eightfold Path of wise speech, watching how you talk to yourself in your own head. Don't say those harsh words. That's part of it. Um, recognize when, um, really pay attention to when the emotions are there. Uh, you know, that's, that's uh, again, part of the four foundations of mindfulness. When there's greed, know there's greed. When there's jealousy, know there's jealousy. When there's joy, know there's joy. So recognize when it's not there. Recognize when there's ease. I was, um, I think it was last week, I was running some errands and I was in the market. And as I was walking through the supermarket, I realized that there was this sense of ease I was experiencing. And I was thought, I stopped and I thought about it. And we had done a, a loving kindness practice in that morning's meditation. And I went, I wonder if that's what it is. You know, I don't know. Stuff just happens. And when there's this place of ease, I, I notice it's because there's no clinging. There's no lost in the future, lost in the past. It's really this place of right, of present time awareness, of being totally present, opening up that, that, that spacious heart, that spaciousness. And when you're able to let go, and really release the clinging, there is this peace, this calm. Doesn't mean life gets wee, it just means that there's this calm in this moment. And whenever I have that, I go, okay, we're just gonna hang out here and, until it's not here anymore and just go about your business. And so notice, it's so important to notice so that you recognize when it's there. And again, practice is helpful for this. If you're if you have a, a practice period that your head just won't shut up, shut up. La, 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 la. Every once in a while, I'm sure there's a half a breath where there is calm. Notice that you're training the mind. You're bringing friendliness in. You're letting go of judgment. Um, and and bringing in compassion when it's really painful. Softening. Softening is works for joy, works for pain. Soften. Sometimes that's an easier word. What do you mean compassion? Just soften, gentleness, ease. Um, acceptance of what is. Right now it's like this. That's how you develop an intimacy. To soften and, and break down those barriers. You know? And watching your, your attachment to wanting it be a certain way. You know, once that is, perhaps there's some ease and then you notice it kind of dissipating and you're pulling it back. That's a denial of what's present. That's aversion. I've actually um, been in places of like self-pity, things like that years ago. I gratefully don't spend a lot of time there right now. Um, but, or if there's other... Um, Places that are not so skillful. In fact, they're like fantasies of um, not nice fantasies about people I don't care for. Um, and then they kind of go away. I'll find myself pulling those back. And it's like, no, just let them go. Let them go. Let it go. Let it go. Uh, stay present. 
Another piece of this practice is forgiveness. That's a really huge one. You have to learn to bring forgiveness to your experience, to yourself. Forgiving yourself, forgiving others. So bringing the word forgiveness into your vocabulary sometimes is huge. Sometimes it's really huge. And sometimes it's just sitting over there on the shelf saying, I'm never going to forgive that person. I, I suggest letting go of the word never and just saying, not today, maybe tomorrow. But watch that tendency to have aversion, that, that, that um, finite never. That's that. Maybe, maybe not in this lifetime. The teachings around the Buddha is that uh, he had many eons and eons of lifetimes working on all this stuff before he took birth to Siddhartha Gautama and, and became um, the Buddha, the enlightened one. So that's just a metaphor for this stuff takes a while. It's not going to happen today. So notice that. No, it just what, let go of those expectations. It's like I was talking the other day. I realized, you know, the social justice work and transforming um, how things are done in this world and ending hatred and violence and oppression. It takes a while. The Redskins announced the other day that they are going to change their name. Finally, the Washington Redskins. And it was first brought up some Native American groups mentioned it for the first time this week in 1968. So that was 52 years. 52 years before the, it was first mentioned that the Washington Redskins should change their name to it when it finally happens. It takes time for this stuff to change. The same is true internally. It takes time for us to disentangle and dissolve all the barriers, all the walls we've built up and to begin to develop intimacy and connection. So be patient with yourself. Patience is one of the qualities in the paramis that said are needed for um, awakening. That's one of the qualities the Buddha took lifetimes to develop. Um, Let's see. This is something that is really important. Um, Kindness and compassion to ourselves shows us our shared humanity. This is something that as you begin to be more gentle with yourselves, be kinder to yourselves, you begin to see and you can begin to become more, or you begin to become more compassionate with others. The, the, the gentler I am with myself, the gentler I am with others. The more compassionate I am with myself, the more compassionate I am with others. It's, to me, it's counterintuitive, but it's been my experience. And from what I hear, other people have shared that that's their experience as well. Um, it's really important. to uh, It shows us our shared humanity, that we're all struggling through this. To greater and lesser degrees of, of, of skillfulness and wisdom. But we're all in this together. So there's no reason for us not to have a, a, a friendly quality towards others in our heart. Um, and I love, uh, there's a quote from Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams. And she says, you must be in a conversation with intention toward love. 
connection is love from a vulnerable heart. We have to cultivate this vulnerability, as I like to say, undefended heart. We have to cultivate that. We have to intentionally move towards that, be explicit about it in our practice and how we move about the world in order to develop connection. And so that's an intention. We have to have a conversation with an intention toward love. So that is, those are my thoughts on kindness. Those are my thoughts. Um, that's kind of just why I'm explaining why I say be kind to yourselves every time I lead a meditation. Because it's important. Because it has an impact on how you move through the world with ease, with equanimity, um, with balance. So those are my thoughts. I always like, like to break you into groups, but before we do that, I want to know if anybody has any questions. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.